0: reintroducing foods to their diet, they often find it quite scary. After all, the reason the food was eliminated in the first place was because it caused digestive issues. After working through my clear process, you can discover it is possible to eat more food than you do now and even enjoy it. I've helped hundreds of people get a better understanding of how food affects them and how to increase their diet diversity. In this episode of the inside knowledge podcast i'll be sharing my experience of reintroducing food to an ibs diet so you can get back to eating a broad and varied diet and actually enjoy your food again hello welcome to episode 15 of the inside knowledge with me anna mapson Now, first of all, I wanna start by saying sorry for my slightly croaky voice this morning. It is a little bit croaky because I have been away for the weekend and had a lot of late nights and a lot of fun, and now my voice is slightly suffering. So if this is your first episode you've ever listened to, I don't know why it sounds like this. Anyway, I'm gonna struggle on if it's too annoying skip to the next one <laughs> so we're going to talk today about why you have to reintroduce foods and how to actually go about it in a way that feels safe to you i'm never up for pushing anyone to start introducing foods they don't feel ready to but what i want to do in this episode is explain to you a little bit about why it's important and then how you can actually go about it in a way that wouldn't feel too scary you can do it in your own time wherever you are in the world with whatever food you feel like you need to reintroduce Often foods that you're thinking about reintroducing is really vegetables, fruits, wheat often and dairy. I'd say those are the most common foods that people are excluding and they are very very important to us because of the fibre. So when we eat a good fiber-rich diet, it's feeding beneficial bacteria in the gut. When you don't eat that, when you have a low fiber diet for the long term, you're effectively starving out your gut microbes of food. And if they don't have enough food to eat, they don't wanna hang around in your gut, so it means they go. And this means that other bad bacteria can take over the place of the good guys, and this can lead to further digestive problems. Now, if you're in a situation where you haven't eaten fiber for a long time, maybe you've been doing like a kind of Atkins diet, or even the carnivore diet, which is basically just eating meat and animal products and no fiber. This can lead to a transition period where your body is readjusting and learning to take in the good bacteria again. So it can take a little while to get to a good position which is why I really suggest going slowly so you don't scare yourself off and you don't start some of these big problems. The other thing to be really conscious of is how your anxiety is around food. A lot of people I work with have been avoiding foods for a long time because of severe digestive discomfort and it's led them to have really bad food anxiety so thinking about food a lot, becoming quite obsessive with what is and what isn't included in certain food products and um, the thought of changing it can be really challenging. So there's a mental aspect to this as well as a digestive and kind of health aspect. And I think it's really important for you to think about how much of this is anxiety driven because when we're really nervous and anxious that can actually affect our digestion as well. This brings me on to the first point in the process that I want you to think about what is the right time to start reintroducing foods. Firstly, like you don't want to do this when you're just about to move house, you're going on holiday in two weeks, or maybe you're being made redundant at work. These are all super stressful things or things that change your routine. So it's important to find a time in your life where you can have some space in your schedule, you can start to plan what's gonna happen and also have a little bit of space for if things do go wrong, if you're gonna need to take a little afternoon on the sofa, for example, to feel a bit tired. Maybe just trying to find a little bit of time in your life where it's slightly less busy and less stressful, although I would say nearly all of my clients have busy family lives, caring responsibilities, and full-on jobs, so I know that is hard to find. But when your digestion is calm and you feel relaxed, that is a better time to try to start introducing new food. So that's the first point is find a good time for you Then secondly, you want to be aware that some kind of reaction to food reintroduction is considered normal. So whilst, like I said, you can be quite anxious about changes in your digestion and maybe a mild increase in gas or bloating and that sort of thing. And those kind of thoughts can really go on to trigger a full blown flare up if you start to become super anxious. So it's normal for there to be some kind of digestive reaction. This might look like a bit of gurgling in your stomach, maybe a little bit more gas production, maybe just some changes in how you feel in terms of fullness and satiety. Because sometimes eating a vegetable rich diet It's quite bulky, so although it's low calorie and low energy when you eat a lot of fruit and vegetables, there's quite a lot of content, and for some people that feels very uncomfortable to have a full tummy, even though the calorie and energy density is pretty low. So the reason we get some of these kind of gurglings and gas production could be down to gut microbes enjoying the fiber that is finally getting to the gut. This could be a good thing it might also be down to changes in your bacteria sometimes we get changes in bad bacteria dying off they can kind of throw up a little last flare and a last gurgling as they put, as they go on their way out and it might be down to your body just adjusting to certain changes in fats proteins and carbs some amount of bloating and gas doesn't mean that this isn't working or that you should stop the trial. You need to work out what is mild discomfort, what you can tolerate and actually what is too much, what's unbearable and you need to stop. It's really down to you and so definitely recommend listening to your body and stopping the process if it feels too uncomfortable. Point number three is to take very small increases in foods to begin with. So starting low and slow and this is often my advice with anything to do with IBS, don't rush in and start everything all at once. Start low and slow with very small amounts of your chosen food and then build up. Now, one way I reintroduce bringing back fiber for those people who have been avoiding a lot of vegetables for a very long time is something called a microbiome mashup. <laughs> this is a mashup of 15 to 20 different cooked vegetables. You cook them down, maybe just a small portion of each, but you just mix them up and it goes into, to be fair, quite a brown, gooey, lumpy mash, a bit like baby food. But you only need to eat one to two tablespoons a day. The rest of it can be chilled or it can be frozen in small boxes. This is a strategy that's been used by someone called Dr. Datis Karazian, he works with autoimmune patients to reintroduce foods after elimination diets, and I just read about it once on a blog. Um, But it actually works very well for those people who've avoided all vegetables for way too long. Think about it like you are weaning a baby, so you're literally just reintroducing foods back to your gut microbes. This mashup, you can add a little bit of salt to it to make it a bit more interesting. You can add any kinds of vegetables and it's just literally a small amount just to sort of reintroduce and re your gut microbes to a small amount of fiber. So that's one approach. The other thing you could do is to try each food individually particularly foods that you know are going to be a little bit safer foods that you're less worried about just you try to bring things back one at a time and in this way you end up with more data about the foods and about what they do to you now the fourth point is going back to episode number three of this podcast, which was about eating mindfully and eating slowly, really focusing on how you eat. During this reintroduction phase, you might find it helpful to focus on the basics of eating. This includes things like chewing your food really well, sitting upright at a table, trying to get into a relaxed state before you start eating by doing some deep breathing, focusing on diaphragmatic breath, sitting upright. These things really do help because they get you mind into a safe space in order to receive food. And it might sound too basic, but it does make a big difference. So just a little reminder to go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. My next point is really about working with a trained, nutrition professional who understands IBS and SIBO, someone who really knows about what foods do to your digestion, where to start, what order to do them in, It really helps depending on what you've been avoiding and someone who understands what these foods can do to you and what what reactions you might be expected to experience. It's helpful to understand these kind of things as you're bringing the foods back in, but also it's helpful to have someone cheering you on, to have someone supporting you Someone you can ask questions to if you feel like things are not going well because if you try to do this on your own, and I appreciate for some of you that is the only option, but if you can, working with someone who can fully explain to you what is okay and also when to stop can be really helpful even if you are not working with a nutrition professional then you're still going to need to track your symptoms and the best way to do this is to use a food diary and track your symptoms as you're introducing each food now I did an episode on this previously and you can go back and listen to episode 6 if you want a bit more details on how to do that also in episode 6 in the show notes is a link so you can download my diet and IBS tracker, which um, which I use with my clients and will help you if you don't know where to start with this. The things I want you to look at though is to think about how is your digestion reacting to the food that you've been eating, but also think about your other signs in the body such as, has my sleep been affected? What has my skin been like during this trial? Am I bloated all day or just after I've eaten that food? Am I still bloated in the morning if I ate it yesterday? Is the reaction to this food immediate or does it appear a few days later? and also think about your mood. Is my mood changing? These are sort of slightly tangential um, effects of food, but I think they're really important. It's also good to monitor your stress levels throughout this because if you notice anxiety is particularly high, it's worth recording that in your food diary because as we know, it can make a difference to how you digest your food. If you're someone who's been avoiding loads and loads of foods and your diet is very narrow, then my last point is to think about how you're going to choose which foods to bring back in. In some ways, it doesn't really matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter as long as you're eating more variety and more different food. But one of the things you could try to consider is, are you just bringing in foods that your body needs or is it foods that you've been missing the most? Sometimes I ask my clients, what would you prefer to do? Would you wanna go for something that you really love, that you wanna try, might be more of a trigger or should we focus on something that I think your body needs and that is missing from your diet but might not be as tasty (laughs) and what I mean by that is sometimes people haven't been craving carrots and they haven't been craving beans for example but I think they would be a really good fiber addition to their diet and it very much depends on the individual and what you like and what you have been eating so far but try to be Try to avoid being led by your cravings when you're working out which foods to reintroduce. Try to look at your diet overall. Now, for some people, it might be focusing, like I said at the beginning, on vegetables, fiber, beans and pulses, maybe nuts and seeds. For other people, it might be reintroducing fats. So I focused on fiber in this episode, but for you, if you've been on a very low fat diet for a very long time, maybe you need to think about reintroducing healthy fats and you could start by small amounts of avocado or little bits of nuts and seeds, for example. These are also important contributions to a good healthy balanced diet. I thought I might just end this episode with a few examples of how two of my clients have previously reintroduced foods in the past few years. So there's one client, he'd been on a low FODMAP diet for over two years, which isn't recommended because it's cutting out all fermentable fibers um, and this was to help him manage abdominal pain, constipation and gas. As part of when we were working together we ran a SIBO breath test which suggested that he might have had hydrogen sulfide gas producing bacteria in his intestines. Now There isn't a clear test for this in the UK. If you live in the US, there is a test for hydrogen sulfide, but we don't have one here in the UK. But what we can do is just look at the results and see they give us a suggestion that you might have hydrogen sulfide. So this was my conclusion from his test results. To address this sort of SIBO, the best approach is actually to really increase fiber, almost to the point of eating a vegan diet. I also suggested he went on a low sulfur diet, so cutting out things like onions, garlic, cruciferous veg, and gave him some supplements as well. And this was understandably anxiety causing for him. So after years of avoiding fiber, I was asking him almost to reverse his diet, to start eating loads of fiber and hardly any meat and hardly any animal products. So to help his anxiety, we spent a long time talking about how fiber supports his gut health, how it was gonna crowd out hydrogen sulfide producing bacteria and Actually, he was really brave and he ate a lot of prebiotic foods and he really went for it. In fact, almost too much. He was eating greenish bananas, artichokes, which are particularly high fibre food. And he went for that microbiome veggie mashup. He really like threw himself into it within his limits of what felt comfortable for him. And within a few weeks, he had expanded his range of foods quite considerably. So I suppose my reason for choosing this example was to show that somebody who felt like he couldn't go down this route actually did it and he managed to get there in the end, to get there to expand out his diet. Another example was somebody who had a long-term constipation and she had been told by a kinesiologist to avoid gluten for 12 years. Well, about 12 years before she'd been told to avoid gluten. She was eating quite a lot of fruit and vegetables, but eating the same things day in, day out, and there wasn't much variety in her diet. She was really worried about gluten because she was told it wasn't good for her because she hadn't eaten it for so long. And so I talked to her a lot about gluten, how it affects the gut and, how grains can actually be a good part of a healthy balanced diet so because wheat can sometimes be an issue on its own we started out with non-wheat containing gluten foods such as grains like rye spelt and barley and this didn't really change her symptoms so she was eventually more confident and was able to move on to eating small amounts of bread made from wheat and pasta and other foods so she was able to see eventually that eating a balance of gluten containing foods it wasn't actually affecting her symptoms. She lost her fear of eating it, which meant she could enjoy eating out again. She was eating better with her family and just could go for meals with her friends again and enjoy a bit more variety. The reason I wanted to pick out this example is her anxiety wasn't as bad. It was just so much of a habit. It took a while for her to change her thought processes to allow gluten back into her diet. The reason I wanted to highlight it is that sometimes people can get nutrition advice of people who are not trained nutrition professionals, who don't have any qualifications in understanding nutrition science. and that can lead to some dodgy advice. So please be careful where you're getting your nutrition information from. All right, so that brings us to the end of this episode. If you've got a huge range of foods you've been avoiding and you wanna do something about changing it, please get in touch, book a call with me, and we can talk about what symptoms you've got. I can share how I could help you as part of my IBS nutrition, package the three month gut reset i'm doing that currently in a group setting for a quite low price or one-to-one individually which is all tailored to you in your different situation Group people all over the world so wherever you are whatever time zone hopefully we can work something out i'm uk based but i do try and accommodate people from all over the world also in the show notes is a link to my email address so if you want me to cover a particular episode or there's something you'd really like me to investigate then please let me know happy to take some suggestions for future episodes of the inside knowledge right that is it for this week hopefully i will have a bit more of a sturdy voice next week and i will see you then bye